Hello, I'm Alyssa Carroll, and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast. Now, I have been doing two different podcast formats. We have our Serial Killers on Saturday nights, and my series called Behind the Horror on Wednesday nights. But my friend Savannah Charles brought this case that has been in the news to my attention, and once I began to look into it, I knew this would be a perfect little change of pace for you guys. It has murder, missing children, family connections, delusions, possible cult activity, everything our little true crime black hearts love. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. This story has a lot of players. A wife and a mother of three children a number of ex and dead husbands. Her brother, who appears to do the dirty work of others who would rather not get their hands dirty. Another man and his recently deceased wife. $35,000. Huge life insurance policies. Two people who created an offshoot of the Mormon religion. I mean, there's a lot to keep up with. And I didn't quite know how to tackle this the most efficient and least confusing way. So I think I'll just tell the overall story and end with the actual timeline to give you an idea of just how crazy this all seems to fit together. Hopefully this doesn't get too confusing. Here we go. As of February 4th, 2020, this is the known information. Lori Vallow is the main character in our story. Her maiden name is Lori Cox. She is a beautiful, middle-aged woman with blonde hair, blue eyes. She's gorgeous. I believe she was born in 1973. I couldn't seem to find much information about her life prior to being married and having children, though. We know she obtained her cosmetology license in her younger years and she worked in salons. We know she was born and raised in the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or LDS religion, which is basically Mormonism. At some point, Lori got married to someone, but I couldn't find his name or anything about him or why they divorced, whether or not he's still alive, nothing. But under whatever circumstances, she was no longer with her first husband. She then met and married her second husband, a man by the name of William LaGoya, and together they had a son named Colby. Then again, I'm not sure of the circumstances of the split or where Mr. LaGoya is presently, but they were no longer together, and then she went on to marry her third husband, Joseph Ryan. I don't have a date as to when they got married, but Lori's first child, Colby, has the last name Ryan, so we at least know that Joseph adopted young Colby and gave him his last name. Then Lori and Joseph had a daughter together that they named Tylee. Since Tylee is now 17 years old, she would have had to have been born in 2002. Then two years later, Lori and Joseph Ryan divorced. In 2006, Lori went on to marry Charles Vallow in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
I don't know how they met since she lived in Arizona and he was from Texas. But at this point, Lori no longer worked. Now let's table Lori for just a little bit and get into Charles's backstory. Charles Vallow was from a loving and close, devoutly Catholic family from Louisiana. At some point, he moved to Austin, Texas. He had a first wife, Cheryl, and together they had two sons who are now grown. By all accounts and directly from an interview with Cheryl, Charles was an all-around great man and loved helping people. He was strong, athletic, but never had he ever been mean or aggressive toward Cheryl, ever. I don't know exactly why they divorced, but it sounded pretty amicable to me. They got along well enough that custody and visitations for their shared children went swimmingly. He spent as much time as he could with his sons, and Charles was a wealthy man. So when Charles met and married Lori, Cheryl had every intention of making it a comfortable situation for everyone involved, which is, of course, ideal. Cheryl even said Lori once told her while they were sitting together at a kids' game that she bet Cheryl thought she was stupid for marrying her ex-husband, and Cheryl thought it was funny in a very sincere way. Then Charles actually converted to the LDS faith from Catholicism. Now, during this time, Lori was also in a back-and-forth custody battle with her most recent ex-husband, Joseph Ryan. Cheryl stated that about a year after marrying Lori, Cheryl began to be concerned about Lori's mental state. She said, quote, She just seemed off. There were a lot of strange goings-on at their home to the point that a judge ordered cameras to be put in their home to protect the children. Lori was also in a custody battle with Joseph Ryan, and it was so intertwined that the judge combined our cases all together in the courtroom. Unquote. Cheryl recalls, quote, It was quite odd, but she loved it. That's when I learned she didn't do what she's told to do if she doesn't want to. I saw that a lot in court, unquote. Now, the timing of this, you know, sudden change in Lori coincides with an incident involving Lori's brother, Alex Cox. Now, remember this guy. He is an important player. So in 2007, during all of these court hearings and cameras and whatnot, Alex was arrested and charged with assault with a deadly weapon for attacking Joseph Ryan, Lori's ex-husband, outside of the courthouse with an alleged stun gun. Then Charles became concerned because Lori was becoming obsessed with near-death experiences and spiritual beings and began saying that she had lived numerous lives on several other planets. She said she was the reincarnation of one of Joseph Smith's wives, Joseph Smith being the founder of Mormonism, who, side note guys, did have at least 40 wives, one of which was only 14. Yeah, that's been confirmed. 
but okay. So for whatever reason, Charles just kind of let this go. Then in 2014, Charles and Lori adopted a two-year-old little boy called JJ. Now JJ's beginnings are kind of fuzzy, but from what I understand, his mother was kind of messed up on drugs and his father couldn't really take care of him because JJ has special needs. So JJ's parental grandparents took him, but for whatever reason, the paternal grandmother, who happens to be Charles Vallow's sister, Kay, decided to let her brother Charles and his wife Lori adopt little JJ. So JJ is level two on the autism spectrum. According to childbrain.com, level two requires substantial support. There are marked difficulties in verbal and nonverbal social communication skills. They display odd, restricted, repetitive behaviors and have noticeable difficulties changing activities or focus. So as you can see, taking on the responsibility of JJ would have really been something. But by all accounts, Charles and Lori were wonderful parents to the young boy. Videos show him singing in a microphone. He's pretty verbal. He seems very happy. Clearly, he was well cared for. And Charles and Lori also let Kay and her husband spend ample time with their biological grandson. So this brings us to Lori Vallow, married to her fourth husband, Charles Vallow. Charles is wealthy. Lori no longer works. Lori has a son named Colby Ryan, a daughter named Tylee Ryan, and now an adoptive son, J.J. Vallow. And the family felt complete. Then during that same year, 2014, Charles and Lori announced that they were moving to Hawaii. While there, they owned and ran a small juice business on the island of Kauai. For whatever reason, the family packed up and moved back to a suburb of Phoenix, Arizona. At that point, Lori and Charles spent thousands on a black Labradoodle service dog for JJ. And that boy loved that dog. It was his very best friend. Again, all was well. Okay, guys, are you with me so far? Not too bad. Okay, now we need to introduce a new character named Chad Daybell. Chad graduated from BYU, or Brigham Young University, located in Provo, Utah. By what I understand, and I could be wrong, this is basically an all-Mormon college. An ex-Mormon friend of mine, Brian, told me, you can go if you aren't Mormon, but your tuition will be much, much higher. Chad graduated in 1992 with a degree in journalism and also served as an assistant city editor for the Daily Universe newspaper, BYU's newspaper. Now, Chad met his wife, Tammy, at BYU, where she was also attending college. She was heavily involved in the LDS church and activities. They married fairly quickly, and she worked while Chad finished his degree. Then she became a homemaker. 
They had a total of five children. Chad and Tammy went on to found the Spring Creek Book Company, and Tammy loved helping design book covers for the books that they published. She was actually described as basically a genius, highly intelligent, and tech-savvy. She was also the chief financial officer of that company. Chad Daybell wrote more than 25 books, according to his website, Standing in Holy Places, the official website of author Chad Daybell. You can visit that site at cdaybell.com, and I'll add this to the episode notes of the podcast if you want to go have a look. Actually, there's going to be a lot of links down there. Save you some time. Among these books, he among these books he wrote include a series called Standing in Holy Places, which his website states, quote, found success in both the LDS bookstores and the national retail chains, unquote. Chad is also the author of the Times of Turmoil series as a sequel. He's written books for kids called The Aaronic Priesthood and The Youth of Zion. Chad Daybell and his wife Tammy together wrote the Tiny Talk series for young children. Needless to say, they seemed dedicated to their faith and all was well. So then Chad somehow gets with a couple who started an offshoot of Mormonism called Preparing a People. According to Jewels of Thought, quote, the teachings and activities of this group is so fringe that it served as a foundation to excommunicate Chad Daybell from the Mormon church. Chad is on record stating he is a prophet. His books are on the contemporary quote prepper movement. He has used a hell and brimstone setting of religion and Old Testament tribulation from which to launch and engineer his modern-day prepper movement, unquote. So this group, preparing a people, have people travel around giving lectures and educational materials on, quote, personal preparation. Preparation for what, you ask? Well, I'll tell you, my friends, Preparation for the End of Times. The Preparing a People website states, quote, Helping to prepare the people for this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Unquote. I can hear you saying, but Alyssa, when is that going to be? Well, I'm glad you asked. Apparently in July 2020. Now, a woman named Julie Rowe, who is the author of A Greater Tomorrow, somehow met and knew Chad Daybell. She was also a member of the Mormon Church, but had been excommunicated because of her rather extreme beliefs. Julie said she had a near-death experience where she... Oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. She said she entered the spirit world where she was shown the earth's past, present, and future. Her spirit guide showed her things such as the actual Adam and Eve from the Christian Bible all the way to when the world ends. 
Okay, so now Chad Daybell was speaking at several Preparing a People events. He sat down and did a podcast with the leaders of the Preparing a People movement. Chad has spoken about how he had two near-death experiences, and these experiences gave him his, quote, visionary gift. He actually stated in his autobiography that he receives visions and revelations, prophecies, and direct messages, yes, my friends, DMs from God, the God. These visions made Chad decide to publish many books about the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. He stated, quote, What parts of your books are based on what you've seen in vision and what part did you make up? And the short answer is that I don't fictionalize any of the events portrayed. I'm not really that creative. My torn veil allows information to be downloaded into my brain from the other side. The scenes I am shown are real events that will happen. Unquote. So Chad wrote in his books about having received visions about the end of the world with earthquakes and hailstorms and floods and fires, dystopian fantasies about bioterrorism attacks and catastrophic natural disasters. He says the U.S. government will begin requiring humans to receive microchip implants before the country is eventually invaded by Chinese and Russian forces with the help of the United Nations. And no, unfortunately, that episode of that podcast has been taken down. I know, guys, I know. Additionally, apparently... Chad's new gift led him to a revelation. Now sit down, folks. He told people through tears that angels had come to him and told him that his beloved wife, Tammy, was going to die. So this Julie Rowe, remember, who also has visions and an angel or spirit guide and whatever, at some point met Chad Daybell and she became good friends with him and his wife. The Daybells even published her book on her near-death experience. Julie says that Chad had told her at some point that he wanted out of the publishing business, but that his wife Tammy did not. She thoroughly enjoyed the work. Chad told Julie, quote, I'm ready to get out, and Tammy doesn't want to get out. When she passes, I'm done. I can't keep doing this, unquote. Oh, and it seems Julie also has been separately told by her spirit guides or angels that Tammy, Chad's wife, was also going to die soon. Now, I cannot find how Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell met, though it was sometime in the very early 2018s, like the beginning. I think it is safe to assume that he must have traveled and spoke at some seminar somewhere, about the ideals and beliefs behind the preparing a people, and she was there. How they met really isn't important. What is important is that after meeting him, Lori began telling people that she was a god and was now preparing for Christ's second coming in July 2020. 
She said that she was receiving spiritual revelations and visions to help her gather and prepare those chosen to live in the New Jerusalem after the Great War as prophesied in the Book of Revelations. Her husband Charles, of course, became very concerned when she started talking like this all of a sudden. He did what he could to calm things down, but they escalated quickly. In February 2019, in divorce paperwork filed, Charles expressed concerns about the mental stability of his wife, Lori Vallow. He stated that she claimed to be a, quote, translated being and a, quote, God assigned to carry out the work of the 144,000 at Christ's second coming in July 2020, unquote. He stated she threatened to kill him if he got in her way. Due to this, Charles got a protection order. Lori then moved $35,000 out of their joint account into an unknown bank account. And as far as I could find, they never technically divorced. Lori stated that if Charles got in her way, she would murder him, and angels would help her dispose of the body. In a police report, it is noted that Lori said she would ruin him financially. Now, Charles tried to get Lori to get some help, but she refused, stating the doctors would discover that she was a translated being. So what is a translated being? Well, this term refers to the Mormonism translation and the theology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is being physically changed by God from a mortal human being into an immortal one. According to the LDS belief, Enoch, Elijah, Moses, John the Apostle, the three Nephites, and others were translated beings. The LDS belief is that a very specific number of individuals have been, quote, translated. Some have already been admitted to heaven to await their formal resurrection. A translated being is similar to being a resurrected person. According to Parley Pratt, ordinary human beings are said to have a telestial body and translated human beings have a terrestrial body. A completely resurrected person has a celestial body. Those ordinary people who have a telestial body must have willfully broken the commandments and have no remorse for doing so. They are basically thought of as wicked. Those that have terrestrial bodies strive to follow the Ten Commandments because they know and feel that it is the right thing to do. These beings are said to be, quote, changed so that they do not experience pain or death until their resurrection and immortality, unquote. They are beings that are eternally young and fit, not subject to illness or injury, and spend their existences as ministering angels who do things that, you know, unfortunately require them to have a physical body to perform like laying on of hands. They supposedly can appear and disappear the way the resurrected Jesus did. Celestial bodies have more power than terrestrial bodies. 
a translated person will still have to be resurrected after the second coming of Christ to attain a celestial body. And then there are like three tiers for celestial bodies, but oh my gosh, it's just a lot. We'll move on. Lori was referring to herself as a translated being. So Charles petitioned for Lori to have to go to Community Bridges for a voluntary hold. Then Community Bridges issued an involuntary 72-hour hold, instructing the police department to take Lori into custody and transport her there. But for whatever reason, it never happened and Charles believed that the petition had expired. Charles then petitioned the court for primary custody of JJ, thinking Lori was not mentally sound. At this point, Colby, the eldest child, really wasn't a child anymore, and Charles knew he'd never get custody of Tylee. Then, side note, Joseph Ryan, you know, Lori's third husband and Tylee's biological father, dies, air quotes, from an apparent heart attack. Now, Charles Vallow finds himself paying for 22 cellular lines, phones, and iPads. So he put a stop to that. Lori was spending nearly all of her time communicating with and hanging around this new religious group that did include Chad Daybell. So in early 2009, Lori allegedly took Tylee her then 16-year-old daughter, and abandoned JJ with Charles, leaving for Hawaii, but then returned to Arizona a couple of months later and assumed custody of JJ. And then things seemed to calm down a bit. Now here comes another player. Lori has a niece named Melanie. Melanie was married to Brandon Bordreau, and the couple lived with their four children in Arizona. Brandon knew that his wife's aunt, Lori, was getting involved with a weird religious movement, but he didn't think too much about it until Melanie began to spend more and more time with her beloved Aunt Lori over the summer of 2019. Thus, Melanie also began enveloping herself into this religious group as well. Brandon states that out of nowhere, Melanie demanded a divorce. Brandon, of course, was heartbroken. He loved his wife, but fearing the strange group that Melanie was tangled up in, he asked for full custody of his children with only supervised visitation with their mother, and it was granted. So all of that backstory has led up to this. This is the timeline of events up to current day, February 4th, 2020. On July 11th, 2019, Charles Vallow came to pick up his adopted son, JJ, from his estranged wife, Lori's residence. This had been prearranged. Lori was expecting Charles's arrival. Her brother, Alex Cox, had conveniently spent the night in the home as well, so he was there. Once Charles arrived at the house, an argument ensued, and Tylee, Lori's daughter, picked up a baseball bat and was poking Charles with it. The story that Alex later gave was that the argument between Charles and Lori, 
along with the bat-wielding Tylee, brought him into the main part of the house. Alex stated that he took the bat from Tylee and broke up the fight between everyone else. Lori then asked JJ and Tylee to go outside. Now from here it gets a little fuzzy. Alex says that Charles then came at him with that baseball bat and hit him in the head, and he did have a small wound on his head, although Charles's sister said that if he had hit him in the head with a baseball bat, he'd have either been dead, knocked out, or had a much worse wound. But I digress. Alex stated that he then grabbed his gun, and he shot Charles twice in the chest in, quote, self-defense, killing him. Lori then went outside, got the kids in the car, dropped them off at school, returned home, and then decided to call the police. There is body cam footage of Alex's interview with the police online. I will link that video in the description notes of the podcast. FYI guys, Charles had a sizable, hefty life insurance policy. Then, apparently not long after, maybe a few days, Lori threw a very loud pool party at her house. I mean, loud enough that the neighbors complained. Finally, the next day after his death, Lori sent Charles's sons with his ex-wife a simple text. Here's what it said, quote, Hi boys, I have very sad news. Your dad passed away yesterday morning. I'm working on making arrangements, and I'll keep you informed with what's going on. I'm still not sure how to handle things. Just want you to know that I love you, and so did your dad. Unquote. End of text. One of Charles's sons tried to call her back and text back, but she wouldn't answer them. Then again, Lori told her eldest child, her son Colby, that Charles had died of a heart attack, which was clearly not true. Soon after, Lori also attempted to sell JJ's precious service dog, but the trainer just happened to catch that she was selling the dog and stated to just give the dog to them. The dog was then given to another special needs child, and JJ was completely crushed. The next month, August 2019, Lori packed up the children minus Colby, and moved from her suburban home near Phoenix, Arizona to Rexburg, Idaho. Lori told Colby that she had gotten a new job and she was leaving. And Colby said in an interview that he was not told that they were going to Idaho. After this move, relatives of Lori and the children say they stopped hearing from Tylee and JJ. They know that JJ was at least enrolled in school in Idaho because his last recorded day in attendance was September 23rd. The critical prescriptions that JJ desperately needs have now gone unfilled. In very early October 2019, Lori Vallow rented a storage unit in Rexburg, Idaho. Then, according to security footage over the next few weeks, she visited the storage unit nine times, either by herself or with a man who authorities say was her brother Alex because his truck is seen in the footage. 
she visited again one time in November. One visit in particular, Alex and Lori enter the storage unit and Alex is seen carrying a very heavy tote with something kind of hanging out of the end. I mean, this tote was heavy enough that Alex, who was a large man, looks to be using a considerable amount of his muscle strength to walk with it. The children's bikes are put into the storage unit as well as other things. Other times those same things are taken back out and then put back in. It's so strange. In very early October 2019, Brandon, the husband of Lori's niece, Melanie, pulled into his driveway in Arizona after being at the gym. Then a bullet missing his head by inches slammed into the top window frame of his door, shattering the window. He did manage to see the vehicle that was driving by his house, a gun with a silencer attached to the muzzle pointed. He said it was a Jeep. This Jeep was registered to Charles Vallow, who had already been dead for three months. Two weeks later, Melanie sent Brandon a text stating she was moving to Boise, Idaho. The text read, quote, The kids could remain with you in Arizona. You would have to arrange for daycare, and I could have the kids for school holidays and summers. Or I could take the kids to Idaho and enroll them in school there, and you could have the kids for school holidays and summers. Please let me know what you'd like to do. Unquote. Brandon was granted permission to take his children and go into hiding. Guys, the authorities even told him that they had concerns about his children if left unsupervised with their own mother. After this, Melanie turned around and immediately married another member of this religious group. We're not going to call it a cult. You'll know why in a minute. Just days after this attempt on Brandon's life, Tammy, Chad Daybell's wife, arrived home after going to the grocery store. She began getting bags out of the back of her car when she noticed a masked man standing behind her car holding what she thought was a paintball gun. The man pointed that gun at her. He pulled the trigger twice, but the gun didn't fire. She screamed for her husband, Chad, but the masked man ran off. A couple of weeks later, after the attempt on Brandon's life, on October 19th, 2019, Chad Daybell and his wife, Tammy, were living their lives. Then all of a sudden, Tammy died. Chad stated that he woke up to find that she had been dead for a couple of hours. Her cause of death was listed as natural causes, and Chad refused to have an autopsy done. And then she was buried in Utah where she was from. So people that knew her and had seen her the day before and whatever said that she had no pre-existing medical conditions, had been feeling just fine in the days prior to her death, happy and healthy. Two weeks after Tammy died, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow get married. Two weeks, wife barely in the ground. Now, Chad told people that, you know, Tammy had come to him in a vision, all in white, 
and she was happy and had blessed his marriage. Sure. In November, Melanie was arrested on suspicion of trespassing on Brandon's parents' property in Utah, but she was released from custody that same day. On November 26, 2019, the children are finally reported as missing, no one having seen or heard from them since late September after the police do a welfare check on the children. The Rexburg police said they, quote, strongly believe that JJ and Tylee's lives are in danger, unquote. Around Thanksgiving, Colby, Lori's oldest child, called his mother and she answered. He asked her where his brother and sister were and all she would say is that, you know, she had things handled. That's the last time he spoke with his mother. So at this point, as I'm sure you all assume, all hell is breaking loose. On December 11th, Tammy Daybell's body is exhumed from the Utah Cemetery for a formal autopsy to determine if there was any foul play. Unfortunately, they cannot exhume Lori's third husband, Joseph Ryan, because he was cremated. December 12th, the next day after Tammy Daybell's exhumation, Alex, Lori's brother, is dead. The Arizona Republic newspaper reported that Alex Cox died in his home under questionable circumstances in a neighboring city of Gilbert, Arizona. Cause of death is still unknown. He had gotten married just 10 days before his death, though to whom I don't know. This is the man who supposedly killed Charles Vallow in self-defense. Here's my air quotes you can't see. Self-defense. Now, people believe that Alex was the one that shot at Brandon in Charles's Jeep and also most likely the one that shot at Tammy, though it was not a paint gun. It was a gun that misfired. This is alleged, though. I'm not saying he was the shooter. This is just online speculation. December 23, 2019, the FBI issued a nationwide search for seven-year-old J.J., and 17-year-old Tylee. On December 30th, the police released a statement that said, quote, We strongly believe that JJ and Tylee's lives are in danger. We are aware that in the weeks after Tammy Daybell's death, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell told witnesses that Lori's daughter had died a year before the death of her father, which is untrue. Around that same time, Chad told other witnesses that Lori had no minor children, unquote. On January 7th, 2020, Kay Woodcock, you know, Charles's sister and the paternal grandmother of JJ, along with her husband, announced a $20,000 reward for information leading to the missing children. January 25th, Lori and Chad were finally located in Priceville City on the island of Kauai, Hawaii. They were, that very day, served with a court order to physically produce those children and bring them to court in Idaho by Thursday, January 30th. 
Lori stated JJ was, you know, in Arizona with a family friend, which definitely turned out to be false. The children were not with them in Hawaii, and nothing appeared as though kids had even been staying with them, as in, there was zero evidence that the children were ever even in Hawaii with Lori and Chad. Kay states she knows Lori doesn't have the children, but hopes that they are with family who is caring for them. January 26, the police served a search warrant on Lori and Chad's vehicle and property in Idaho. They seized 43 items from the residence near Rexburg, Idaho, and the house looks very middle class. Items taken, electronic devices like computers, cell phones, journals, documents, and medications. Evaluating these is going to take some time, guys. After the search, the house was released back to Seth and Garth, which are Chad Daybell's sons who live there. The authorities also said that the evidence was, quote, primarily about Tammy, unquote. Tammy, of course, being Chad's dead wife. They also searched the storage unit that Lori had gotten, and they find the children's bikes, winter clothing, the children's baby and photo albums left abandoned, JJ's backpack, personalized blankets with the children's photos on them. Lori's credit card had been declined, and that's why they were able to search the unit. January 27th, the Rexburg Police Department and the Madison County Prosecutor's Office in Idaho filed a child protection action on behalf of JJ and Tylee. January 30th, Lori had been court-ordered to physically bring the children to the Idaho authorities. She failed to do so. She didn't even show up. So she could be held in contempt of court and she could be extradited from Hawaii to Idaho to face charges. And that's a whole complicated matter too. The authorities then stated, quote, As stated in our previous press release, Lori Vallow Daybell, the adopted mother of JJ and biological mother of Tylee, has completely refused to assist this investigation. We know that the children are not with Lori and Chad Daybell, and we also have information indicating that Lori knows either the location of the children or what has happened to them. Despite having this knowledge, she has refused to work with law enforcement to help us resolve this matter. It is astonishing that rather than work with law enforcement to help us locate her own children, Lori Vallow has chosen instead to leave the state with her new husband, unquote. Now fear not, my friends, because remember Julie Rowe? Well, she says that she has been using her own visions and powers to send messages to Chad, and she said, quote, I do know the kids are safe. I can see them. I can see their energy and that they're in a bright house, unquote. Because, sure, Julie also says that the, oh, you'll love this, the FBI and Charles's family are working together to set Chad up. So, Lori and Chad's attorney has released a statement on their behalf, quote, 
Chad Daybell was a loving husband and has the support of his children in this matter. Lori Daybell is a devoted mother and resents assertions to the contrary. We look forward to addressing the allegations once they have moved beyond speculation and rumor. Unquote. Saturday, February 1st of this year, Colby Ryan, older brother of the missing children, created a YouTube video titled, quote, For My Family, as a message to his mother, Lori, and his siblings. I'll, of course, add the link to the description notes of the podcast. Colby says that he does not believe that his mother would ever harm his siblings, but also said that the day he saw his mother and Chad in Hawaii without the kids, he is now done. So that's what we know so far. That's all I've got for you today. Now here is a little bit more about preparing a people. Michael and Nancy James are actually the founders of Preparing a People. A link to a video of them interviewing each other will be listed in the podcast notes. The couple also started, quote, Color My Media, which is based out of Rexburg, Idaho. Their Facebook page shows a post from May 2019 that says, quote, And even adversarial, conflicted people teach us a wealth of experience. Nobody is completely useless. They can always serve as a bad example. Unquote. And then there's this little meme that says, you know, studying the church through the eyes of its defectors is like interviewing Judas to understand Jesus. Their Color My Media page is just a community page and it appears to be a sort of video production company. Their website is just colormymedia.com. They boast drone videography, live streaming, digital media, and so forth. They have a blurb on their website that states, quote, In view of recent developments concerning a former speaker at some events we provided media for, the event brand, Preparing a People, has issued a statement concerning these reports. Preparing a People was not a, quote, group to join, a religious cult, or affiliated with any religion other than a hope in Jesus Christ for all mankind. There has always been a disclaimer on the website that each speaker or contributor at events were responsible for their own content, research, etc. We are deeply disturbed if there was any injury or hurt to any children. We have cooperated with law enforcement and most of the media has created a narrative that has done more harm than good under the constitutional rights of due process. We never knew Lori or her children as she was featured in an affiliate podcast on our network. We have issued a cease and desist to all individuals and or media from referring to preparing a people or our company color my media in any way connected to the Daybell case. We were never involved in anything concerning missing children or any nefarious, criminal, legal, or occult activities. So this is why I won't call that group a cult. Okay, air quotes, not going to do it. Okay, so 
anyone with information about those children or the situation are asked to contact Rexburg Police at 1-208-359-3000 or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST. So what do you guys think? Leave me a voice message on Anchor. I'll put the link to that in the description notes. Or message me on Instagram or leave me a comment on the YouTube channel. Consider sponsoring the podcast. The link to my Patreon is also in the notes. And guys, of course, I'll keep you guys posted as I find out more details. And I'll probably give the updates on Instagram. So that'll be over there. And that's it, 